Hello everyone and welcome once again to If We Can Just Say. I am your host Stephen Ogle. With me as always is my lovely wife, co-host Jessica Carter Ogle. Hello, good morning everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night maybe. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Yeah, I don't know which one it is for you, but uh, good whatever it is for you. We're recording on Father's Day today, so I'd like to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Um, I would especially like to say Happy Father's Day to mine. Yep. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Yep. Mr. Um, Jack Carter. Yep. And uh, for those of you who don't know, my dad passed away 10 years ago. Um, so that's that. I'm still sending him a Happy Father's Day. <laughs> yeah. He's still alive and well in a lot of ways, from yeah. what I hear. I mean... And I'm looking at one of them. Eh, you know... I do what I can. Yeah, and apparently, according to your mom and Risa, you do you do it well. I mean, I I do my best to keep him alive. Yeah, that's all we can do, right? Yeah, you know, I gotta. I don't know. I can't. I I can. Some things I can do a spot on impression, but it it just comes natural. I don't try to do the impression; it just comes natural. But then there's a lot of stuff that he did that there's no way I could ever replicate. It's just not possible. I also don't try to do a spot-on impression of my father, and yet oftentimes I'm told by you and my mother, you sound just like your father. Exactly. Like <laughs> I mean, your mom and I relate relate in so many ways, but that is one big way that we relate is the fact that you and your dad are identical. It's insane. We like things a certain way. Which also this week, you got told that you look like your dad from from uh, from our lawyer. Yes. Funnily enough, for the first time in my life, we went to um, do our will. You know, if you guys haven't done your will out there, make sure you got your shit stuff in order. Crazy Whoops. world we live in. Um, <clears throat> so we went to do our will and I'm sitting there and I turned to look at Steven and he was and he knows my parents. He, you know, is their lawyer as well. And he's like, oh, my gosh, just when you turned your head. And I was ready for him to say you look just like your mom, because that's what I've heard 99.999% of my whole life. Yep. And he's like, you look just like your dad. And I was like, my dad? Really? Like, I was, I already had my response ready, and I was thrown off like, my dad? I'm like, you're the first. Pr-. And he's like, it's not an insult. And I'm like, no, I'm not insulted. It's just funny, because. Nobody ever says that. No. Nobody. I think I'm a combination of them, but. Yeah, I mean we're we're always a combo of. Our I parents. could never claim I was adopted. Basically, nature, nurture, all of that jazz. That's the Carter. Like when I was a kid, like people, if they had never seen my dad, always said, "Oh man, you really look like your mom." And like in front of my mom, I'd be like, "I don't. You haven't seen my dad." Like, yes, I kind of look like my mom, but like you haven't seen my dad. Like, Kelly always I, says you look like your mom, and she's seen pictures of your dad. She's like, "I've seen pictures of his dad, but I just think he looks like his mom." Like. I, I I look a lot like my dad. Even well, I mean, it, but before the beard, like I got told that all the time when I was a kid, and I had no facial hair. My dad yeah. had a mustache. I like thought I, you came out with that thing. Yeah, you know, you know, surprise. <laughs> mom had a lot of heartburn. Funnily enough, funnily no, enough, no, no. Um, but was yeah. it like when I was a baby and people would ask my mom if I was wearing a baby wig because I had so much hair? Would people ask your mom <laughs> if she taped a beard on you? Yeah. Yeah, that's we were it, meant to be from the beginning. Yeah, Aww, yeah. Heart in the audience size. Yeah, Aww. yeah. She was like, she was like, yep, no, he he came out with this full beard. I don't understand. It's down to his belly button. I guess he's just gonna be having a long beard his whole life. That's funny. Yeah, but yes, happy Father's Day to everyone yep. out there. Um, I hope that you guys have a great weekend. Yep. I had a little bit of a um, dad situation with Steven this morning in the form of a progressive commercial because we had a car parked in front of our house. Still is. From yesterday. And he's like, that car still parked in front of our house. And I'm like, so? People had people over yesterday. And he's like, people need to learn how to move along. They need to learn how to move it along. I don't like looking out there and seeing a car that's not belonging to this house. I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, hey. all Where's the, Dr. Rick when you need him? All the other cars moved along. You don't have to leave your car on the side of the road, pull it into their driveway, it's and get off of our road. It's not on the side of the road. It's not like it's get pulled off, off in a ditch. Get out from in front of my house and move it in front of the house you're visiting. Maybe they had too much to drink and couldn't do that. Well, then they probably shouldn't have had too much to drink. Oh, my gosh. You are Keep such that a for curmudgeon. in your own home. Keep that for in your own home. Don't get drunk at other people's houses. So he's my inadvertent lieutenant for my neighborhood watch. That's what I started calling him this week. <laughs> Yesterday, he's standing out at the window just like staring. I'm like, what are you looking at? And he's like, the lady, she's, I think she's planting a new 
plant. I don't know if it's just the one or all of them. I don't know if something happened down there. And I'm like, what are you even talking about? She's replanting a plant in her house. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're my lieutenant for uh, the neighborhood watch. And he's still doing it. And he's like, well, now I can't see because the tree's blocking because she moved. So I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> This is so it's so weird living in a in a neighborhood sometimes like you've never done it before so you've never experienced yeah. this yeah, but so. just like as an adult like as a kid you don't pay attention you don't whatever but as an adult you're like oh did Sally get a new garbage can down there what does that that thing looks pretty nice <laughs> Yeah whereas I grew up like on uh this uh the road was called Jackson Drive speed limit was 40 everybody drove 50 or 60 Yeah so you and, were more on a main road and our, my only neighbor was across the street and i wasn't allowed to be within 20 feet of the road so <laughs> we we did i did eagle eye and neighborhood watch thing earlier this week too because there was a guy who's one of our neighbors and he was handing a flyer out to our neighbor across the street and it from what i could tell it was like it had a tree or something on it and this man doesn't he will cut his lawn and plant flowers you can't see my air quotes but he doesn't edge his lawn so it looks sloppy and comes over the sidewalk and i looked at steven and i said if he's trying to start a landscaping business in this neighborhood he better think twice because he doesn't even edge his lawn so i was like but he's got a flyer like what's he passing out and i told steven i'm like if he comes over here i am not answering the door I am president of the Neighborhood Watch, but I am... No, no, no. The unofficial. Unofficial president of the Neighborhood Watch, but I am in no way part of the neighborhood engagement. Uh. That's not for me. So when he came to our door, which he did with his flyer, Stephen answered it. Yeah, I answered. And he just had a flyer for apparently the city of Plymouth is like giving you free trees if you want a free tree on your boulevard. And I'm like, no, I, I mean, I got a tree in my front yard. I'm, I'm good. Thanks, though. Also, if you look down our block, you can see where six to seven neighbors just on our little block have removed trees from their boulevard. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't think this is a tree boulevard community. Yeah. So. Anyway, but yeah, so all that excitement happened yesterday. And we celebrated Father's Day yesterday because my parents are going to be going out of town. And so we had a barbecue at our house yesterday. I love hosting. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to have everybody at our I house. like setting up my decor and moving things around and Stephen being like, why are you doing that? Why is that sitting there? What is that for? I don't even understand about that. And then my mom will come over and be like, oh, this looks so nice. Look how she did that, how she put that there. That looks so good. And I'm like, yep. Stephen don't know nothing about She nothing. put a photo next to the ketchup and mustard. I've never seen that in my whole life. <laughs> you are such an idiot. It was on a Lazy Susan, and I had a little setup of a family picture for Father's Day and then some condiments. It looked beautiful. I just... I was complimented on it. I never... I, I didn't understand why there's a photo next to the ketchup and mustard. <laughs> I'm going to beat you with the ketchup and mustard. The next time that we have, like, food or something, I'm going to pull out a photo just to set next to the ketchup and mustard <laughs> so so to help with the presentation <laughs> for my wife. Don't you dare. Oh, I will. I'm going to go find dare. a photo and pull it the... up and put it next to the ketchup and mustard. It was a beautiful setup. Does the ketchup setup. and mustard look better, babe? I put a photo next to them. <laughs> it was a beautiful setup. Because I do decor for Mother's Day, and I've got more... I mean, as I was looking around the house, I'm like, well, there are definitely more girly things that I can move around for my mom for Mother's Day, but what can I do for my dad? <laughs> but it was nice. We, it was beautiful outside yesterday. Yeah, it was nice. And we hosted the barbecue, and they came over, and... Just my mom, my dad, my brother, and we ate and drank and talked. and We had a lot of food. Yeah. More food than what I thought we were going to have. So, yeah. But it was food. a really nice, it was a really nice day, I yeah. think. And I, yeah, you know, good times. my dad and mom said they enjoyed themselves. Eric even texted us and, you know, said, you know, he had a good time. So I appreciate it. I love having people over. I love hosting. Yeah. It's so nice to be able to do. It's nice to have our yard. And, you know, after Mother's Day, we got like our folding table with extra chairs, which we didn't use because we didn't have as many people. But I feel like we've got like all of our stuff where I can throw together a great little soiree in the last minute. Yeah. So I think our next one, what, is your mom's birthday? Yeah. 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 Because so we're, we're not doing that. anything for ours. We're just, we're chilling. Yeah. And- but between like leftover decor items from our reception and all the stuff that we just have, like I feel like I it, can, it just always looks really nice, and I'm happy to do it. So I love having my parents over for Mother's Day and Father's Day, and 
hosting Christmas and doing all of that. But yeah, I um gave my dad a gift yesterday of a picture of um, me, him, and Eric when Eric was just born at the hospital. So Eric is just like a tiny little baby. And I'm sitting on my dad's lap, me and Eric, and then the other picture is Brandy, which was the first dog my parents had. So I gave my dad that picture like a your first three children picture. Yeah. Brandy was the greatest. Like she was a great dog, golden retriever. She was so sweet, yeah. so kind. Um, but yeah, it's just weird. I've been going through pictures and um taking pictures of my parents pictures so that I could have them like on my phone or I could print them out and there's just there's just so many memories and so many things you forget and just little stuff like all the Halloween costumes and going trick-or-treating like my parents were big on doing all of that like my dad always made sure we did like all the things yeah and I think no matter what like was going on we did all of that and I feel like the overarching theme was that and I even told my dad this yesterday that no matter what whether it was good whether it was bad like we knew we had that support I know I have that support now I can call him when I'm upset yeah or when I need something or when I just need to talk to somebody and as a kid there to always have somebody to go to from the time you were born till you're about to be turning 41 I think is like (laughs) yes is huge and it's an interesting transition too. If you can, if you had parents, I've talked about this before, but if you had parents that were your parents, you can transition to a different level of an adult relationship with them as an adult. Like, yeah. if you if they were your parents solely, then you can have the type of like friendship, support relationship with them in a, as an adult that is just so different, and you can start to give back to them so much of what they gave you. Mm. And I think that is a very cool dynamic shift because my dad, my mom, my parents will call me and they'll call me and ask me for advice or if they need to vent or if they need support. And I love that I can be that for them as well. And I know how to do that because I always had that because they laid that lesson out for me. And so I can give that back to them. And I like that. I like being able to host Father's Day and give them support and be there for them and have a more and have a different level to our relationship. Like I can it it just my parents were always there. My dad was always there no matter what. And I'm I'm glad to be able to reciprocate that to them. Yeah. I mean, if you're not uh, if your parents are not your friends, um. At least I can speak for in my experience. If your parents are not your friends when you're a kid, you can you respect them more when you're an adult. Yeah, for sure. Because when you're a kid, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know what it's like to be an adult. You also you don't know that they're figuring it out as they go along either. Right. And when you become an adult and you start doing that, you have a more respect for your parents to realize that, like, yeah, they were just figuring out as they went along. Yeah. And they were being my parent, not my friend. Yeah. Because I had friends, and I could choose my friends, but parents have a huge responsibility to raise you, yeah, and make sure you keep you safe, <laughs> keep you safe, teach you street smarts, teach you how to be safe, how to what to do, what not to do, that sort of stuff, yeah. and that's their main focus. Their main focus is not your your uh uh. I don't want to say your feelings because that's not right, but it's like like your friends are are there to care about your feelings and about how you what and you're like fun yeah and, and be fun yeah. and that kind of stuff. But your parents are there to protect you and make sure that you make it past eighteen. Yeah, help you make those decisions. I had friends whose parents were more like friends, and I'm like, I don't as as aggravating or as upset as I might get to my parents sometimes. Like I didn't want that. Even as a kid, I knew I didn't want that. We we both know people that did that. And their kids were brats. Yeah. Their kids often. Were, their kids turned out to be brats. And I, I'm, I mean, I'm an only child, so I'm spoiled a little bit. I'll say that for sure. Um, but my mom is 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 a is, she's my mom, but she's a friend to me. I can call her and talk to her about yeah. anything. And you're spoiled. 
I think to say that you're spoiled is different. You're not spoiled by a lot of times when people say they're spoiled, it seems like material things and all of that. Yeah. If anything, you are just spoiled by the fact that your mom is so in love with you that she could just lose her mind. Yeah. She thinks that you are the greatest. But if if you were having an honest conversation with her and she had a different opinion or wanted to offer you a different piece of advice, she would. Yeah. So it's not like, and I think that's the thing too, like throughout my whole life, my parents, you know, my dad has, they've always told me the truth, whether they think I was making the right decision or the wrong decision or just, and still supporting me, even if they're like, well, I don't think this is the right thing, but I'm, you know, we're still supporting you. Like I can't imagine doing anything that would make them turn their backs on me. And and part of that's because they were your parents. Yeah. They weren't your friends. Yeah. Because friends come and go. Yeah. That's another thing about uh, that our parents not being our friends. Friends come and go. You can have a difference of opinion and be like, okay, I don't want to be around you anymore. You can have a difference in opinion with your parents and not get along with your parents because they're being parents. But once you become an adult and understand that they were being parents... You yeah. are, you already have a, an established relationship in which, yeah, you have different opinions and it's fine. I just am still amazed at the concept of being a parent. Like, I'll never know what that's like. I'll never. Yeah. But it just amazes me that, like, you just you get this tiny little thing and then they're like, all right, well, here you go. You're out of the hospital. Do your best. And yes, there's books, there's whatever, there's all that stuff out there, but I can't imagine that anything quite prepares you for, for that. And you know, what, what you're doing. And I just, I don't know. I've always just felt like my parents really stepped up. Like they, my child, nothing is perfect. You have your ups, you have your downs, everybody, no matter what your childhood is, you come out of it saying you wish something had been different or you would do something different than your parents did or any of that stuff. And that is just life. But I just, I wouldn't change a thing. Like I just wouldn't change a thing with my parents. Like, I I mean, you know, we're talking about father's day, but my dad and I have always been close and we have had our ups and downs. We went through a like bad time where I, we just argued all the time and we fought all the time. And we came out of it. And I think we came out of it with a more of a respect for each other. My dad and I are alike in a lot of ways. Like my mom will be like, I, you can say that to him, but I couldn't say that to him. If I said it to him, he would get mad. Or that my dad and I just have a different kind of relationship. There are just some people in your life that you know how to talk to or you know how to gauge or you really know how to help in a different way because you're either similar or you're alike or you just know each other so well or you have that connection and that's just me and my dad we've always had that connection since I was a little girl trying to go to the hardware store with him to now like yeah it's interesting it's just interesting yeah I I had a I always had a healthy respect for my dad. Yeah. Uh, my dad was, he could be tough. Um, he could be fun, but he could be tough. And as I got into high school, um, he got tough. He got tough because he knew I was like him. He knew my my attitude, the way I reacted to things, how quick I was to react to stuff. He knew I was like him, so he he got tough on me. I know that as an adult because we had those conversations before he died. Like, you know, he talked about like, he's like, I had to be that way with you because if I didn't, I knew where you you were going to, I knew what you were going to do. Yeah. You know, my dad moved out of the house at 14. Like he knew what the mentality was. He knew what was possible to happen and he didn't want history repeating itself. Well, your Um, dad had reasons for that. Yeah, he definitely had reasons for that. Um, But also he was hard headed. And I can be hard-headed. I, I know it. I, <laughs> um, I, I don't know how you put up with me sometimes. I don't either. I, I can be hard-headed. I've I, get always, it like, I get it like my from my dad, big time. I've always been told I was stubborn. I've always been told I was hard-headed. Yeah. And then I married Stephen, and he is so much worse. And there are times, <laughs> oh my gosh. I, yeah. 
some of that's OCD. Some of it's not stubborn. Some of it's no, OCD, you are just and I stubborn literally sometimes too. Some of it's OCD, and I literally can't see something a different way. But it's like, just funny because I'm like, I always thought like, I was this way until you came into my life, and I'm like, I am easy as Sunday morning, y'all. Yeah, my dad, my dad was stubborn about stuff, um, big time. There was just things had to be, had to be this way. That's what it had to be. Um, and you know, props to my mom. She, man, she, she loved him, yeah, loved him to the end. She did. You know, um, and beyond. Yeah. Um, but no, my my dad was cool, man. Like he he, as as I got older to being an adult, I started to see, uh, to see more sides of my dad that I didn't see when I was a kid. Um, you know, I, I I can say that about uh, my uncle Michael as well. Like I, that's the that's another thing that like I, I'm glad I know him more as an adult like I was talking uh the last time we were in in town for uh for fish fry mm-hmm. I was talking to Clint and I was like his son and I was like do you do you just do you remember when we were kids like how much of your dad's stuff did we miss how much of my dad's stuff did we just miss because it was like dry sarcasm and they oh, were the, yeah. they were the type to sit in the corner and make jokes to each other and everybody else didn't know what was going on how much of that stuff did we miss and he was like he's like I can't even think about it cuz it's just crazy he's like if I had a time machine I'd just go back and watch family stuff and just watch our dads cuz they were the two that always had the the sarcasm between them the dry the looks the dry sarcasm the the just the, they could say one or two knew what each other were thinking um and it's it it's just so cool to be an adult and have that kind of relationship now i think it's cool as well and to see your parents as people like as a kid they're mom and dad that's all they are they don't have friends or hobby like they are they are <laughs> yeah. your parents yeah and when you get older and you see them as adults and you learn more about their stories and you see their flaws and you see the the things they experienced and the things they overcame and the things that hurt them and helped shape them into who they are and you see them as this well-rounded person like it's sort of mind-blowing in that moment because you're like, my parents are actual people like I am, and they just happen to also be my parents. Yeah. And I think you forget that or you gain that humanity and you are able to look at them differently and maybe let go of some things that bothered you or appreciate some things that you liked and really appreciate them more when you just see them as people. Yeah. And I think you have to... You have to take that space. I think one of the best things is space. Like when you finally move out and go on your own and you have that space from your parents and you're able to shift that dynamic of that relationship and sort of grow into something new. And it's it's yeah. one of the greatest gifts I've ever had is to have parents who were my parents who can now be like my friends and we can have this relationship. And we enjoy hanging out with my parents, oh, with yeah. your mom. Like we're meeting my parents to go camping and we're all going to stay in that little camper <laughs> together. And yeah. we're having your mom in town for her birthday. Like these are not obligatory things. These are things we enjoy doing. These are things that we're like, we want to take some of our hard earned vacation time and spend it doing this with these people yeah i'm just so grateful for that yeah uh yeah we have a blast i love your parents man we have a blast with them yeah and just like you and my dad yesterday like you know he's able to teach you on the grill and show you stuff and like have that yeah i learned how to do steaks have that relationship that i mean i know if your dad was here your dad would be doing all of that stuff with you and we would have them here but I'm glad that you at least, you know, he's able to help you with some of that stuff. And you're comfortable to call him for stuff, you know, like, yeah, I think that's, I think that's great. And I am call your mom and we talk about stuff on our own and we plan things on our own. Heck, your mom and I are the one that always plans like her trips and her visits. And it's like, okay, we'll just tell Stephen what's happening. So it's just, you know, yeah. that, that kind of stuff. It's just, it's just family. It's all woven together. Yep, it's uh, it yeah, it's definitely woven together. I, I love that our 
that my mom and your parents get along yeah and, and enjoy spending time with each other and they're not just placating like yes. they they love each other yeah they have their own they talk they text yeah each other they have their own conversations without us and and I think that's I think that's really cool yeah. um I, I I feel um makes our lives a heck of a lot nicer yeah it does uh you know that's the thing like I, I grew up you know, my, my mom and I, my dad and I, we didn't see eye to eye on everything, but we we had a relationship. And once again, this goes back to the fact that my parents were parents um, when I was a kid. And as I said, I became an adult. They became, uh, you know, uh, my my dad was my sounding board, man, for so long. Yeah. He was just, he was the coolest, man. I could say anything. It didn't, it didn't matter. It did not matter if we agreed. Um, it didn't matter if I said something that he absolutely could not stand and hated that I that that I had that opinion. He would go, "Okay, so how did you come? Th- how did you come to that?" Yeah, just soft, just soft kid gloves, you know. Um, I like that. Like that's that was just my dad. He just he he knew. Um, he knew that that I was an adult now and yeah. that there's no, I'm not a kid anymore and he can't form my opinions for me. And he didn't raise me that way either. He raised me like I can remember being a kid and my, my mom wanting me to wear like a certain pair of shoes and my dad going, why do you, why let the kid pick? Yeah. Let him pick. Why does it matter? You know, like my mom, like I got my hair cut once and I kept that rat tail. That was a thing when we were like six years old. I kept the rat tail. And my mom was like, I don't know why I wanted to keep this. And my dad goes, look, he'll go to school and either he'll get made fun of and not care about it. Or he'll get made fun of and he'll come home and want to cut it off. Or nothing will happen and he'll keep it and he'll cut it off when he wants to. It'll be one of those things, but he's got to make that decision on his own. Yeah. We can't decide for him. He has to interact with society and figure out how to grow his own thick skin. Yeah. And that was just a small example, but that happened with everything. My dad never told me what to wear for something. Yeah. Like, uh, like you know, it, that, that's, that was just my dad. So I, as I, I became an adult and started forming opinions about religion and politics and sports and, and books and all this kind of stuff, my dad never looked at me and was like, oh, that opinion's dumb. He'd look at me and go, what? Uh, so how did you, how did you come to that? Or, or maybe we read the same book, and my my dad would be like, "Where'd you, where'd you pull that from the book?" Yeah, you know, like my dad wanted to know, but he would engage with me that way, and that's just, uh, that's that's just what was really cool about my dad. As as I became an adult, I saw my dad more as a sounding board. That's awesome. Yeah, I even remember like with my dad when we were younger, um, we went to Catholic school like we were um we grew up in Detroit so we went to private school and I remember my dad telling me as I was older like he's like you know we took you to we took you to church I think my mom um grew up more Presbyterian and my dad Catholic and my dad's like we took you to church not because I wanted you to believe everything you were being told but because I wanted you to be open to something else being out there I wanted to give you like their, you know, my parents believe in God, they're faith people and that's great. But my dad's like, I just, I wanted you to be open to things out there. Like he's never been like, you have to be this way or you have to be that way. Or the fact that I don't believe doesn't cause any sort of wedge in our relationship. And I'm grateful for that, for that open-mindedness. So like I respect what they believe and I appreciate that they respect what I don't, but it's from the, a bigger scale like that, a smaller scale to anything else, like letting me do stuff as a kid, letting me go places and do things and have experiences, but teaching me how to be safe about it, teaching me to be my dad's biggest thing, be aware of your surroundings, be aware of your surroundings. It still is in my head when I'm going places now, just always be aware of your surroundings and always know that you can call me no matter what, no matter where you are on this earth, you can call me. Yep. And like, that is something I am grateful for and something I have taken advantage of <laughs> many yeah. times in my life Yeah, to I call mean- my dad. I mean, I, I learned, um, I, 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 I was shooting art, uh, shooting bow at six years old with yeah. my dad. 
several hours a day, seven days a week. That's legit. That's a lot for a six-year-old. Yep. I, I was setting records at eight years old. I was setting records in the state of Tennessee and Kentucky. I won state at eight years old. Wow. Yeah. I turned around and won nationals when I was nine. I have the trophies. Your mom sure does. Yes. Um, I, I was on track. Like an archery prodigy. I, I was on track for the Olympics, but the Olympics shoots a different way, and it's not the way that I was shooting. I was shooting a compound bow. They shoot what's called a recurve. They have a thing called a clicker. I didn't use any of that stuff. I used a compound bow and because I was shooting as if I was also going to hunt, which I tried oh. to hunt when I was also that way, which you can hunt with a recurve. It's just less accurate. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I... <laughs> when I was uh, 15, my dad ran into so uh, one of the uh, one of the companies uh, that makes compound boys bows is called Hoyt. Okay. Um, and I had a Hoyt bow, um, and uh, my dad ran into a Hoyt rep at the sporting goods store where we got all our stuff from. And, and my dad, my dad came home. And uh, he told my mom, he's like, so I ran into a Hoyt rep today. She's like, really? Cool. You know, you know what's, you know, because my dad talked to those type of people all the time. I was 15 at this point. We'd been shooting together for 11 years. Yeah. 11 years? Nine years? Yeah. Nine years. Um, <clears throat> and uh, he wanted to know about me because mm. he had been following my career the whole time. And he's like, I've been, he's like, I've been trying for forever. He's like, but I finally convinced him. He's like. We want to sponsor him. We got all the equipment. We want to give him everything. And my dad was like, he stopped shooting. Yeah. And he was like, no. And my dad was like, yeah. He joined the band. He's playing a lot of guitar. Like, he started taking guitar lessons two years ago. And, like, that's that's where he's gone to now. He plays guitar, like, five or six hours a day. And, like, he's in band. He's playing clarinet. Like, he's in the jazz band. Like, he's full on doing band stuff now. He's like, he doesn't even hunt anymore. <laughs> He's done from it. And the rep, he said the rep was just like his head just hit the ground. Like, oh, man. Like, cause he, wow. cause he's like, I, he's like, I wish I could have convinced him sooner. He, cause he was ready to full on, like, yeah. everything, every single piece of equipment they have, they were going to sponsor me like I was an athlete. Cause, yeah. you know, they are athletes. Yeah. I was an athlete. Um, but yeah, man, I, I spent a lot of time with my dad and I learned a lot from my dad about, respect for things shooting archery yeah respect for things um I, it's, my dad hunted but my dad didn't hunt for sport my dad hunted to feed his family yeah um you know i i learned that uh, i was talking to my tattooer when i was getting my last tattoos jr we were both talking about that we learned from our dads you don't hunt for sport you hunt to feed your family right or you don't hunt like that's just how it is like it's that's how it should be it's, you respect the animals you know um you respect the equipment, you know. Like yeah. I said, six years old, I knew how to shoot a bow. At eight years old, I could shoot a four ten shotgun, and I knew where it was, and I knew where the ammo was. If I had to get it to protect the house, I could. And my dad would have trusted me to do so. Yeah. Um, like, just a healthy respect for my dad um, that I think I, I, I wish more people had. I agree with that. I wish more people had a dad like mine who taught me that healthy respect like I didn't touch those those things were out I didn't touch them unless I was going to shoot at the range yeah or it was time to you know load them up to put them in in the car like they stayed in their cases and that sort of thing like yeah, uh, yeah I just I don't know I, le I learned from my dad a healthy respect for everything around me don't assume don't assume you know what's going on with somebody when you meet them yeah. Don't assume everything's cool. Family is one thing. Strangers, that's another. Now, my dad never met a stranger. My dad would pull over if he saw somebody. If my dad saw somebody changing a tire and they, it was just a one person by themselves, he'd probably move along. But if he saw, like, a family in the car, he might pull over and try to help them out a little bit. Uh, but my dad also was the type in 1978 that hitchhiked all the way from Paris, Tennessee to Baton Rouge. So my dad was a different, he was a different animal because he yeah. hitchhiked at 14 from Fort Worth, Texas, all the way to Baton Rouge, That's Louisiana. So crazy. Like my dad was a different animal on that, on that respect. Um, but he also liked helping people. Mm -hmm. He never met a stranger. That's both of our dads right there. Like, I feel like they 
we would have oh. to tear those apart to end a family gathering. Oh, the t- the two of them. They would be just talking. Um, if there is, uh, I don't know if your dad's listening or not, but I, I, I've told this to your dad before. If there's anything that I wish, it's that him and my dad had met. Yeah. The two of them have so much in common when it comes to how they, uh, how they treat people around them. Just their genuine care for people. Sounds like it. Their genuineness to help people. Their genuineness about their business to have customer service and speak to people. Yeah. And make them feel comfortable about the job they're doing. Like, it's just a lost art form, man. Yeah, that's true. It so, is. there's only only one other person uh, that I've seen that does that really well, and that's my former boss, Herb. Mm. Those those three are all on the same page when it comes to dealing with customers and people that they don't know that are strangers and helping them understand that the job that they're about to do they're going to do it extremely well yeah. and it'll get done it'll get it'll get done exactly the way it's supposed to be done yeah um but yeah well happy Father's Day to happy all Father's you dads Day. out there and hope that you are cultivating lifelong relationships with your children yeah. Yeah, yep. and and I'm sure those there's some people that are listening that knew my dad and could tell you stories upon stories upon stories about my dad just being a cool guy. Yeah, I'm sure. So, well, happy Father's Day to my dad. I love you very much. Happy Father's Day, Jack Broham in law. Yes. Love you. Oh, uh, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I like that. Um. All right. So we got a little uh, album anniversaries this week. Woo-hoo, As always, buddy, we are we are uh, we are starting off with a really good one. Okay, by the way, really good one. Uh, all the dates are from uh, June twentieth to June, because it didn't go all the way through to the twenty sixth this week. Technically, only the twenty fourth. I didn't have anything for the twenty fifth and twenty sixth this week. Wow. Yeah, so only just a few few days short of the week, but it is cool. what it is. Um, nineteen ninety three. The album Black Sunday by Cypress Hill. Mm. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Mm. Oh, what a great song. Oh, my gosh. It if does any of, feel good to be a gangster. If, yeah. if any of you guys uh, listen to Dan Patrick's show, like that's his theme music. He uses that. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I love it. It's so great. Um, <clears throat> uh, band I mentioned last week, uh, they're... Second big album to find the great line under oath. This album was game changing for metal. Oh my gosh! And for this band, it literally rocketed them to to stardom. It was great. They headlined uh, Warp Tour that year when this album oh, really? came out. Yeah, yeah, they were they were on main stage for pretty much every single date. It was pretty cool. Um, fifty years old, the greatest hits album from nineteen seventy three, Janis Joplin. Oh yes. That's my girl right yeah. there. Yep. Uh, which we talk about my dad. When I hear the song "Peace of My Heart," I think of my dad. Mm, like I think of my mom. Yeah, my mom singing it. Yep. And "Summertime" that was one of the first time, uh, first songs that my dad taught me, which is basically uh, "House of the Rising Sun" is what it is. Uh, mm. As far as chord progression, it's pretty much the exact same thing. But that's one of the first songs my dad taught me was uh, "Summertime." I by love Janis Joplin. She's so great. If you guys haven't ever watched "Little Girl Blue," the PBS documentary on her, I recommend it. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, love me some Janis Joplin. That's my mom's favorite uh, singer. Yeah, my mom. Too. One of she's she's got a handful. Tends to be like Janis Joplin, Tina Turner, Whitney Houston. Yeah. Like she falls into that loving those ladies. But yeah, she loves Janet Joplin a lot. Um <clears throat> next up, uh nineteen ninety nine Significant Other by Limp Biscuit. Oh boy. Did it all for the nookie. <laughs> yeah. Every man. <laughs> Uh, Every man's anthem, and and it's got that song on there, break stuff, which is just man. If you are having a rough morning, you're in, you're on the road, just throw that song on, man. It just it's just a great song, just to like get that angst out, so that you can get into your work day and be you know get it get it going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Goodness, yeah. awesome. Um, let's see what we, what else we got. Uh, Paramore. Their big album, Riot. Mm, is that the black and white cover? Uh, yeah, that's the one that had uh, Misery Business on it. 16 years old. I remember when that came out, listening to that in my car. And I, I was like, man, what is this? This is like 
punk rock with a lady singer. Love it. Like, I remember man, seeing Haley's them great. once at Freedom Hill. A friend from college had like an extra ticket, and I was like, all right, I'll go because I will go do whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I've I've never seen them live. It was I'd, good. I'd, yeah, they were good. I'd, I'd love to see them live. I think Haley's great. Like I've seen videos and yeah. stuff. Like she seems like she's a full on punk rocker on stage. I love it. Maybe next year. I think we're all set for this year. Oh my gosh, their shows are expensive now too. Um, Casey Musgraves, Pageant Material. Mm, great album. Is that the first album or is that second album? First. Uh, second. Same trailer, different park as the first one. All right. So what's on Pageant Material? What's the song I like on there? Um, is that like rhetorical? Yeah, that's rhetorical, but I'm looking it up. I was oh, hoping okay. that you knew. Hoping I, you kn- I was hoping you knew the song I, I like. would never dare to say a song that you like. Late to the party. Yeah. Late to the party. I'm, I'm never late to the party if I'm late to the party with you. You're you're still late. You're just making somebody else late too. Oh, I in love my it. opinion, yep. of punctuality. But I do like the song in the album. Yeah, that's a good one. And uh, biscuits is another good song. Yeah. Yep, that's a great album. Oh, I could go for a biscuit. Ooh, that sounds good. Hey. <laughs> um. <clears throat> all right. A uh, couple of firsts. Uh, Edwin McCain, Misguided Roses, a little I'll be. Oh my gosh, that was Dawson's my Creek. jam. That was on Dawson's Creek. Yeah, that's where I heard it. I don't remember. I just that was my jam. Oh, I could just listen to I'll Be and repeat over and over again, and then I was like, all right, that's enough, Edwin McCain. Yeah, nineteen ninety seven. Wow, man, that's uh, twenty six years old. And that is crazy. I was just a wee little thing. Yeah, that's a great album too. It's really good. Um, a band called Beloved. That I like a lot. They had, uh, they actually only had one album, unfortunately, called "Failure On." Um, they uh, that was the first metal vinyl that I bought as well a couple years ago. That started me down this track of buying metal oh, al- albums that I like. Um, but yeah, they're kind of there goes my checking account. They uh, they have three guitar players, bass player, drummer. Uh, one of their guitar players uh, does the singing, and then their drummer does the screaming. Mm. Um, and it's man. It is good stuff. I remember seeing them with uh, uh, the year Chris Mooney went with me to Cornerstone, and we were watching them, and uh, we're we're seeing you know the singer he sings, and then all of a sudden he steps back from the mic, and we're hearing screaming, and we can't see him. We can't see where the screaming's mm-hmm. coming from. We're like, is it coming from off stage? Is it are they piping it through? Literally can't can't find it. Yeah, and. Uh, we're, you know, we're in the little circus tent sort of things, and there was a pole, and I, I leaned over like to the right to around the pole, and I, and I hit Chris on the shoulder. I was like, "Dude, it's the drummer." He's like, "What?" Because we had never seen a drummer like yeah. sing outside of like maybe Hootie and the Blowfish. Their drummer oh. always sang, uh, but like Great outside band. of like that or like Phil Collins or something, never really seen anybody sing. But this dude's full on screaming during huh. a breakdown, and I was like, "Dude, it's the." It's the drummer, and he's like, "What?" And it was just like, "All right, now, like, well, now the show is getting real. This is this is gonna be cool." Um, I ended up seeing them like two or three times live. Man, they were great. Cool. So that's album anniversaries this All week. All right, album anniversaries, y'all. That's it. Go out and get yourself some. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I don't, folks. I don't even know what just happened. Another moment in the show where I've she says something and I don't even know what it's supposed to mean. I have no idea. What a what a There's weird. There's a real surprise that Podog Pete don't know what something's supposed to mean. Whew. Uh so keeping with our theme of Father's Day, uh we have Loosely. we have three movies that we have seen in the theaters over the last two months, uh, of which have some heavy father son or father daughter or themes. just um a son in law and his father in law. Love it for the first one. Fast X. Oh my god, y'all. So uh just just a one quick uh, bit of trivia is that the word family is said fifty six times in this film. I don't got friends, I got family. Oh my god. Dominic Toretto. Um I thought it was great. It's a fast and furious movie, it's a popcorn film, it's a fun film, it's there's laughs, there's a little bit of drama, there's a lot of action, there's a lot of cars. It's cool, man. I, I don't know there's nothing to hate about this there's, film. Nothing at all. I don't I didn't hate anything. First of all, I would just like to say that I miss Fat the Fast and the Furious. That first movie, I loved that movie. And it was realistic. It could happen. This movie Ain't nothing in it that could happen. And the Fast and the Furious, the first one, 
is celebrating its 22nd anniversary this week. Oh, we should watch that. I would like, I actually want to watch that. I need to get back to the roots because Fast X, oh my gosh. It is just, yes, it is all the things Steven said, but there are just a few things that I was like, I can't even. I cannot even with what I'm watching. I can't even. It's like, so... Big, what started all of this tomfoolery for me when I really noticed it was I don't know which Die Hard movie it was, maybe Die Hard 4 or some something. You know, John McClane's in an air vent. That movie is realistic in the first one. By the fourth one or something, he's flinging a helicopter off a bridge. And I'm going, what the heck is going on here? And I thought that was the most ridiculous of all the (laughs) things I could see. And now it's just like all the movies just like double down. Yes, it was action. It was, but I was just like, oh my God, some of this stuff is so ridiculous. It takes me out of it. Like I have a hard time staying in it when it's just so unrealistic when people are popping back from the dead when the action is ridiculous when people are flying like are you kidding me right now (laughs) and i just love it it's great it's a fun time me and my mom and my brother were like oh my gosh and my dad and steven are like i thought that was a great movie i thought it was a great movie too bro that was great and i'm like oh my god i mean come on jason momoa doing a role i've never seen him do before i will say jason momoa Uh, was good he was was hilarious crazy i was laughing almost every time he was on screen john cena stole the movie yeah 100% 100% John Cena stole the movie. I mean, if you if you love these fast... If you love what my sweet Fast and the Furious has become, <laughs> then you will like this You will like this movie. But it was just... Yeah. There's... Oh, there's so many cool parts in this it movie. Was, it was too much for this gal. Yeah. And it, I got two more I got to watch, at least. Yeah. Vin Diesel will be making these movies till he's got a cane, and it's like all the kids are then... And he's like, I don't got friends i got family coronas <laughs> and he's a hundred years old um <laughs> uh, and yeah there is a in credit not an in credit scene but a mid credit scene so after they show the main cast names or whatever and the director and stuff then they show a mid credit scene and then it goes to the full credits just when you thought that. i would like to be here longer yeah but yeah it I, I recommend. It was a good movie. D- just go get some popcorn and just enjoy the ride. Look, it's I, ride. I, I will say if you like these kind of movies, you'll like it. It's like me and my Statham films, who he does happen to be in this movie. And he's got a great spot um, in it, too. I, I recognize my Statham films for what they are. My mom said something yesterday. She's like, I watched one, and I don't know. He kind of blew something up. I was like, oh, was it a boat dock? Was it Homefront? Did he have a daughter? I know my Statham movies. <laughs> She's like, that was it. I was like, yeah, I thought so. But I recognize them for what they are. And I recognize Fast and Furious for what you know it's become, and you, would, you may enjoy it for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was good times. But... Uh... Yeah, and the reason why it ties into Father's Day is because in the movie, Dominic Toretto's son is older and a part of the film and a, and a big portion of the film. Uh, and the father-in-law and his son-in-law. Yeah. You guys just walking in the theater, I can hear Cat Stevens playing in the background. <laughs> a couple of yahoos. Hey, man, it's a, it's a good time. It's a good time. And and that's the thing, like, they they asked uh, Ludacris, you know, like, why you guys keep making these movies? He said, because they make billions. Like, yeah, we have fun not? doing it, and people love watching them. Why wouldn't we, why would we stop oh, making yeah. these movies? Like, I wouldn't either if I was them. I'm oh just my not God. sure how many more I, I'm going to be going to. You know, and, you know, and that's the thing, like, and your dad was like, he's like, Vin Diesel is like, never needs to make movies ever again. I said, do you understand that Ludacris never needed to make anything ever again before he joined this franchise? He was already like a triple platinum selling artist, like had already won a, a like several Grammys and an Oscar before he joined the Fast I think Furious. Tyrese needed it. <laughs> <laughs> he needed it. <laughs> That's true. I don't think that baby boy movie did that great. No. I mean, he, he started off as a model, though. So he may- should have stuck with it because his acting, st- woo, his- it ain't good, y'all. No, it's not. It's it, it's It's really not. It's really not. And he just basically does the same thing over and over again in every Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah. And also... That was probably, he was probably the most annoying thing to me in the movie. I was like, can I just get a little character growth from this idiot? Now, in the other movie, the Fast 9, he was great in Fast 9. Yes. He was Fast hilarious. Fast 9 was... I liked Fast 9 
one because they commented on how are we even still alive after that all the Tyrese. crazy stuff they do. Yes, I was like, all right, thank you for saying what I'm thinking. I liked the storyline. I was like, this would be a lovely ending to this franchise. Yeah, of course, you know, with them taking a car into space, you know, that's they they kept it grounded. They got me to actually like enjoy that. And then they turned around and gave me this thing. Anyway. <laughs> Which I liked. Also, uh, Alan Richson, if, if you've watched uh, the TV show Reacher, or maybe if you back in the day watched Smallville and you remember Aquaman, it's uh, that guy. He shows up in uh, Fast If Fast you haven't X, watched Reacher, you better. Yeah. When is that season two coming out? I don't know, but it's, it's supposed because to be coming sometime this year. season one is long done. It's supposed to be coming sometime this year. So, I don't have a date for it yet. I know that they're that because that's a Cause series. February of twenty two is when that show came out. Yeah, everything is so delayed, and that's not yeah. even writer strike stuff. It's just no. I I don't I don't know if they're in post now, but they've already filmed. I think. But I this. feel like February of twenty two, then it should be out in February of twenty three. Yeah, that's just not long how th- done. That's just not how things work anymore. Well, that's a problem with the with the streaming and uh, our ability to binge stuff. They can take you know nine months to make a show we can binge it in a day yeah and then it's like well when's the next one coming well it's gonna be a year and yeah. a half okay cool um anyway next up in our list is uh guardians of the galaxy 3 james Brilliant. james gunn's opus to the marvel cinematic universe as he bows and says goodbye and goes over to being full-time over on dc i'm sure you've all seen it already hopefully because we're gonna spoil if it if you haven't bring your tissues i mean they start off right off the bat with, I, a, with a baby baby rocket it was so hard for me to watch rocket and teeths and yeah is it Lola? Lola and Floor. Yeah, I had such hard time watching that. Oh, uh, it, it, yeah. I just, oh my gosh, it gave. I was just so upset. And that's the first thing they filmed. James Gunn said that's the first thing they put together and filmed was that because it's all like it's all CGI, but they have four four people that did the you know they put on yeah. the green suits so that they could do all the actions and like, movements for Rocket's them. backstory is so heartbreaking it's so tragic man. and i just oh my god i was just crying i just cried a bunch of times yeah so in the com- every time he came on really little rocket every time i was crying you know in, in the comics he's called rocket raccoon and in the movies Anytime somebody calls him a raccoon, he freaks out like wants to claw their eyes out and like i'm not a raccoon because he doesn't even know what a raccoon is. Yeah. Um, he, he just thinks it's like, for lack of a better term, he thinks it's like a racial slur of or, like or something. Derogatory. Yeah. Yeah. He thinks it's something derogatory, so he just flips out on him. Yeah. And <clears throat> James Gunn is such a genius because he gives this backstory of Rocket, which is the sole like main point of this movie, oh, is Rocket's yeah. backstory. Um, and he's up against the high evolutionary, which the high evolutionary, his whole point has been he's trying to evolve every species uh, to be on a, a planet and be in harmony and not have what we've done on this planet in which we've destroyed the planet with everything. So Spoiler alert, impossible. Yeah, yeah impossible. Uh, but <clears throat> they get back to where Rocket was for lack of a better term, experimented on and yeah, created. He was created. And evolved. Yeah. And he goes to get all these other baby raccoons. And when he opens the door, he looks over on the side of the door and it says, you know, he's looking at all them. They look like him. And he's looking at the door and the door says raccoon. Yeah. And then it says from somewhere in like, uh, I want to say it was like Montana or like North Dakota or something like that. And... He sees it, you know, he starts to cry. He gets all the all the raccoons, they all crawl up on top of him, you know, and like cuz he's going to get them out of there. And then like a few minutes later, he says, you know, my name is Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, it's just one of those like moments where it's like I've as a comic book reader, I've been waiting for that moment and you get that moment and it's just such like a powerful moment of him going, I'm Rocket Raccoon, like he's finally embraced who he is. It's a oh, there is so a lot good. of heart in that movie. Yeah. It's really well done. It is the backstory of Rocket and you know Rocket gets injured in the beginning. He gets hurt and he's he's dying and they're spending this whole movie trying to 
yep. figure out where he came from to figure out how to get like the code or the thing or whatever to fix him because you know he's got a lot of um, artificial parts and stuff and yep. so they're trying to figure out how to save him and you've got you know Peter and Gamora who is not the Gamora Peter fell in love with but the Gamora from the other universe and other, that yeah. dynamic and all of the characters and just seeing all of the character growth like to be honest Guardians is is my favorite of all of the Marvel like DC movies collaborations everything that he's made me watch Guardians is my favorite and I'm like, if there was one thing that I would love to keep going, it's Guardians. Like, yeah. the way it ends, there's a lot of things they could do with that movie. Um, Star-Lord is obviously going to continue, but I don't know who else is or what. And I know Batista, who plays Drax, says it's so hard to keep himself in the physical condition and the makeup and stuff, though. There's so much stuff that CGI, I feel like they could do something with his body if they wanted to but his is the one storyline where the way it ends with all the kids and everything i want to see more yeah like i'm like i want like a disney plus show about him and him and nebula on on their compound and all of that yeah and and he you know he said he was done he said yeah, this was it for him um and and part of that's to do with also james gunn being gone as well because them two are like really close friends in real life like he's been you know uh, you know this this process with them, uh, creating this this whole uh this IP of Guardians and creating this empire for for Guardians and this story, mean? uh, intellectual property. Oh, uh, creating this this um this epic story that they've done yeah. with Guardians. Like like Drax has been very Batista has been very close to James Gunn through the yeah. through the whole process. Um, so for him. For James Gunn to be gone, I think that was part of it. I think part of it is also because Batista's in his 50s now. Yeah. As you said, it's hard for him to keep the physical conditioning. Um, and, also, and, everything and, nothing and, lasts forever unless you're part of the Treadow family. Yeah, and and with him and uh, uh, Gamora both having to sit in the chair for the paint and all that kind of stuff and Nebula, uh, like it, that, take, that takes a toll on yeah. you after a while. Um, so... Uh, yeah, because I've heard Gamora talk about how, like, after she's done filming, she's had to call her dermatologist and schedule an appointment to figure out how to get her skin well, back to normal. Well, because Zoe Saldana's Gamora there, and she's also an avatar, so she's got all the blue stuff in avatar, she's got all the green stuff, and... Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, so she, she does a lot of that, but this this movie it's had... It's a so, very good movie. Yeah, this movie had something that, that I really uh, enjoyed, and that was uh, the connection between star lord and mantis them yeah. them being uh, uh f- you know her telling him in the uh holiday special which you haven't, if you haven't seen that spoiler alert she yeah. tells S- star lord that they're you know brother and sister yeah uh the ego was both their dad so they're kind of half brother and sister um <clears throat> and their connection in this movie was so much more yeah important uh it held more weight and i i, I I like that. Um, also, it's the first movie uh, that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that drops an f bomb. Yeah, and it's so like in a nonchalant way. It's not like it's like in your face. It's just kind of something that happens, and they move right on past yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but I s- saw an interview with James Gunn, and he was like, "Yep, you know, he's like I submitted the movie purposely with the word in there, and uh, Kevin Feige." You know, he called me and he's like, so you, you know, like the, you have an F word in this movie. He's like, yeah. He goes, you don't, you don't want to be known as the guy who had, you know, had the Marvel movie with the F word in it. And he goes, have we not spent enough time together that you don't understand that? Yes, I do want to be known as that guy. (laughs) I also think it's probably the first and only movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or the DC Universe that I did not check the time during. Yeah, and this is a longer film. It is, but I didn't <clears throat> check the time. I didn't. It is Guardians, volumes one, two, and three. Is in my opinion the best trilogy in Marvel movie history. For Hands all down. of yeah. for all of their movies, this is the best trilogy. It's better. It because even if I look at the Avengers films, yes, the first Avengers film was great. Age of Ultron, the second movie, was 
was good, but it wasn't great. Now this, you know, Infinity War and Endgame were epic, but Age of Ultron wasn't great. It was good. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like every one of the trilogies has a lull in their in their movies for Captain America, Civil War, the third movie. It's good. It's not great. It's not a Captain America like movie. Like Iron Man, Iron Man 2. It's a good movie. It's not a great movie. Like you can go through all the mo- all the characters Thor you look Ugh. at Thor. Thor 2 was good, not great. Thor Love and Thunder was absolute garbage. Like so like you have but you look at Ragnarok, the third movie that's in between those two which was amazing. Like I will say Guardians for me, gets better with every volume. Like Guardians, I would rewatch that trilogy and Steven wouldn't even have to make me. He could just like mention it. Sometimes I'm like, "Oh, I could rewatch that." Yeah. I like those movies. Yes. So Oh, and that's not to not to mention the soundtrack. Yeah. The soundtrack for these movies is amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Watch it. It's a good one. Watch Guardians. And and I cannot pronounce the uh the man's name who played High Evolutionary. Um I, I'm gonna ask you to to look that up real quick and say his name because that dude is amazing as an actor. Absolutely amazing. Like I he stole every scene he was in. I wanna see this dude. Oh in more my stuff. gosh, why would you think I could pronounce that? I'm gonna try uh Chukwudi Awuji, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Uh he was in and Peacemaker. He sounded like an idiot probably. He was also in, in Peacemaker. Yeah. Uh so he's been in both DC and Marvel now. Uh but this dude is great. Like, man, you can tell he was a theater actor just by the way he uses his face and, and stuff when he's acting. Like you can tell a theater actor from a movie actor. Which is how we felt after seeing Jonathan Majors as well. Yeah. In, um, in Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania. Which, for the record, I hope he sticks around. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Because like, uh, seriously, Jonathan Majors and, and this guy, also two amazing actors that know how to steal a scene yeah. and make every word of dialogue make you hang on it. Um, man, it was cool. And... And, and he was just a good bad guy. Uh, now, the one thing that I'm totally missing and not uh, mentioning from this movie was Adam Warlock. They had Adam Warlock yeah. finally show up in this movie. Um, and, I mean, this the movie comes out of the gate hot Yeah. because of Adam Warlock. Oh, it comes out hot. Yeah, it does. I legit was like, because we're spoiling this movie, obviously. I legit thought somebody was dying in the first three minutes yeah, of this movie because sure warlock adam warlock come in like a house of fire like yeah. ready to just destroy everything and everyone and i was like oh my god one of the guardians is gonna die right now i'm not ready for this yeah <laughs> i'm not ready know, for this i know we're coming to the end of the podcast Woo. but one final thing i want to say is that who turned out to be one of my favorite characters and i thought had the best character growth through the whole thing was nebula yes Oh, Nebula was Nebula's great. Nebula's character is great. I'll say it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I want Gamora, Nebula, and Mantis to have their own show. Yep. But Nebula was great. So I hope we see more from her as well. Also, but yes, go see it. Also, for all of you dog owners, uh, Cosmo, the dog, has a has a good role in this movie. Very cute. Good part in this movie. Her and Craglin yeah. have some banter between them, and he calls her a bad dog at one point. And all I could think about was Sophia, the rest of the movie, and how like I would never call her that. How how well, does a dog react to being called a bad dog? Because she's like, "You take that back. I'm not a bad dog." Yeah. And just like the whole like rest of it the movie, she, she was sad. The whole rest of the movie, there is a lot of animal trauma. Like to be honest, oh, there really man. is. And I think going there, I was not prepared at all for that. And no. you will, it will be heartbreaking. Oh, tooths. It'll be heartbreaking. Oh, Toofs. It was so hard watching Toofs and Floor. Yeah. Uh, very, very sad. And and Lola. Um, and, and since uh, we're, at, we're at the end, that's the we end are. of our Guardian speak. I do want to mention that also it is uh, the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. on the day our podcast released on Tuesday. So if you're listening on Tuesday, uh, it is 40 years since Empire Strikes Back was in, in the theater and came out for the very first time. Is that the first one? That is uh, number four. Uh, that's where Han goes into the carbonite, and Luke gets his hand cut off, and no, I'm your father. It's, that's Empire Strikes Back, Episode 5. 
So the second movie. The second from the original trilogy. Yeah, okay. Yes. Jess gets very confused, folks. Well, why, just because, why do you have to be you? Like, just for heaven's sakes, if I said it's the first one, I mean the first one that ever came out. It's the greatest sequel of all time, Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars I thought five. you thought Wrath of Khan was the greatest sequel. Wrath of Khan is number two. Oh. It's cool. the second greatest sequel of all time. And with that, folks. And the third greatest sequel, for you people wondering what my top three would be, is Aliens. You cannot go wrong with Aliens. Oh, my gosh. So you got Empire Strikes Back, Wrath of Khan, Aliens. Three of the greatest sequels you will ever see. I myself like Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters 2, which we just watched, which is also 30... Was that... It came out in 1989. 89, yeah. So what was that? 34? 34 years old? Yes. Yeah, we rewatched that. I don't know why that movie gets hate. That movie was fantastic. Come on, the Statue of Liberty is rocking it to Jackie Wilson, who, I mean, I think that's a great note to end on right there. Oh, it was great. Love is lifting me higher. Yep, love is lifting me higher. And also, uh, the first movie that I ever saw in the theaters is celebrating an anniversary this year as well. This year? Sorry, this week. Oh. Um, And that is uh, from 1989, Batman. You said you didn't know if that was your first movie because it came out on the same date as Honey I Shrunk the Kids and you don't know which one you saw. I in the always theater. say it's ba- I always say it's Batman but it might have been Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Maybe. I saw them both in the theater. We, he's had a couple things like that where he's like I don't know which one I saw. Look it up and see the release date and they both came out on the same date. I'm like, man, movies used to be so different. Batman and Honey I Shrunk the Kids both came out on the same date in the same year, same exact like Yep. Things were different back in the day. Yep. And we had a two screen theater in my hometown. So you either saw Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or Batman. Or both, if you or, were lucky. Or both. And that's what we did. We saw both because we, I mean, my parents, my parents grew up on, uh, you know, like, you know, Ghostbusters and not grew up on, but they brought me up on yeah. Ghostbusters and stuff like that. So when Rick Moranis was putting out another movie, we were going to the theater to see it because oh, yeah. my parents loved Little Shop of Horrors and, and Ghostbusters Honey, I and the stuff. Kids was great. I'd actually like to rewatch that. Let's have like a random 80s day. Yeah, we could do that. Like Rains or whatever. Which I can't believe you've not seen Little Shop of Horrors. I haven't, no. That is, Rick, Rick Moranis is fantastic. Didn't you just buy it because you said? No, it's on like HBO Max. Oh, okay. It's cool. on, or on Max now. Um, All right. So yeah, lot lot of cool, a lot, of, lot of cool movies came out yeah. in June back in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, so watch some Ghostbusters, watch some Batman, Hell, watch Honey, watch uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Nice. That, that came out as well. So, and yeah. after you do that, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr. WordPress, all that jazz. Leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Like, listen, subscribe if I didn't say that already. Tell your (laughs) friends. We love you all and thank you for listening. Yep. I believe that's all we can say this week. Bye, y'all.